Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Turning Two with Booney. I'm Rich Herrera, executive producer of the Boone Podcast. That, of course, is Brett Boone. Booney, what's up? What's going on, Rich? You look like a child today in your uniform. I. This is a shout out to the Boone Podcast North. Wow, and they know who they yes. are. Yeah, know who they are. To our friends at the Boone Podcast North, and I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about football this week on the the Boone Podcast. I'm so excited about that. You know what a football guy I am. Well, you're playing fantasy football now. Yes, I am. So we're gonna talk about your fantasy football team and how exciting and thrilling it was for you this weekend. Well. We'll get into that, but I, I don't know how exciting or thrilling it was. I, I was told the results. Uh, my son beat me week one. So, handily. Uh, handily. Handily, you but you said it. my my score isn't that bad. Come no, on, I'm just, I'm just okay. learning. Okay. Yeah, what was my score? Learning. What was my score? Uh, I think he scored 100 points. I think he had 150, so there was really no chance for you to win. But we'll oh, tri- walk- tri- Triple digits. Yeah, we'll walk through your fantasy team coming up here in just a little bit. All but right. uh, welcome, everybody. On Fridays, I take over in the driver's seat. Boone sits uh, riding shotgun, so we can ask him a bunch of questions uh, for the week. Biggest story of the week, though, in sports is not in the baseball field, Brett. It's on uh, the turf at MetLife Stadium. So. Right. Everybody and their brother has had a take on it. Everybody and their brother has had their opinion on it. So why not get Brett Boone's opinion on Aaron Rodgers, the injury, the devastation to the team. He's out maybe for his career with an Achilles uh, injury. With just instant reaction to a, a future Hall of Famer going down in the first series of the season. Well, I think first and foremost, it's an injury. He he tore his Achilles tendon, and that could happen anywhere. Um, so, you know, obviously from a Jets fan's perspective, not good. Uh, then the, 
I don't know how much this is a turf and a grass thing. I'll, or is it something that, oh, this is something we could talk about for a few days. Um, all right, here's my background. I came into the big leagues in the early 90s. That was AstroTurf. They didn't have this new synthetic state-of-the-art turf that they have today. Uh, that being said, I, I did play, and Rich, you know about this, down in uh, Tampa Bay. The Rays have it was the only place when I was still playing that had the artificial turf. And that's because it's in a dome. It's not retractable. It doesn't get any sunlight. And it acts like grass. Now, the AstroTurf early on in my career, uh, when I was a young man, I loved playing on AstroTurf. Other than a seam here and there, and you kind of knew where the seams were, you got true hops. The game was faster, so it was more of a step and a dive to make plays. But I really liked fielding it on it. And and I remember <laughs> as a young player, uh, my double play cart partner was was Barry Larkin. And, and we're talking after the, the game, old he, riverfront stadium, the other, the old riverfront. So Barry'd come walking through and he's probably four or five years, my senior. And he come walking through ice head to toe. And I'd look at him. I'm 23. You know, I forget 23, 24 years old. I'm going, what's, what's up with the ice? And he just kind of looked at me and said, Brett, uh, one day you'll see playing on this turf every day. Well, I learned that later in my career, you know, my knees at the end of the, my career, I attributed a, a lot of, of the turf I played on in Cincinnati for years. I came up in the kingdom. That was the same artificial, uh, artificial turf, Astro turf. Now today's turf is different. And, and I reached out to my brother and shameless plug for Matthew Boone, Boone action turf. He's in the turf business. He's at this business for about 15 years. He, he talks about, different qualities of turf that he puts in and the highest quality, how much it is just like grass. Now I know in my, er, just in my brief experience playing in Tampa Bay as a fielder, as a player on my body, it acted exactly like grass. I actually liked it because it was very true. This is the, the only field thing, turf that we have now field turf that you have now. And, and I'm sure better in 2023 than it was in 2005, as far as technologies come. Uh, strict. All right. I'll take this strictly as a player. Uh, the new artificial grass plays exactly like real grass. Uh, as far as you're talking about fielding fielding. Okay. If you get it right, the top of the line stuff acts exactly like grass. Cause there's two different brands. There's field turf and there's AstroTurf. The old AstroTurf, which is, I believe was made by Monsanto. And that was originally designed for the AstroDome. When the AstroDome was first built, they did it with um, a glass roof, and they thought that the sunshine they could get grass right turf. And they figured out very quickly they didn't get enough sun. the The grass died, so they went and found astroturf, which is more like a carpet. Now it, that's right, and astroturf was dangerous. There were seams. If you caught a spike in a seam, you could blow out your knee. Whereas in grass. It's going to get it's you're going to have a little give when, okay. you, when you're cutting and driving. You're going to have some give in grass. Even this new grass, you have give. So I don't buy that because of the grass. That's why he tore his Achilles. I don't I don't buy it at all. Now, all this being said, this artificial turf was was invented is out there basically for college, high school, uh travel ball teams where there's going to be 10 games played on a field in a day. It's little to no maintenance. 
Well, so you, fiscally, you, yes. Right. At the big league level, money is no object. You have 10, 15 grounds crew that are manicuring that field. That's their job to do. So the, the big argument is at the big league level, at the NFL level, because money's not an object and you're not lacking resources, everything should be natural grass because it looks prettier. It's natural grass. And you have the maintenance crew to maintain it. Football, you play once a week. You just got to get that. If you've got 20 guys and say, get this field ready once a week, I'm not saying it's an easy job, but it's a very doable job to have that consistent playing field that that you come to expect to play the only reason i like i kind of like the new synthetic because it acts just like grass the only difference is you'll never take any divots out the course of a baseball game things happen you cut you move you might take a divot out like on a golf course and now you got to replace the divot later in the game that ball might hit that actual divot so that's the only if i can find a flaw that's the only flaw i can i can find also, the differences in Major League Baseball, and, and I'm speaking from an infielder standpoint, we do most of our work on the dirt. Right. So the grass is a small part of it. Now, the outfielders, obviously, they're standing on the grass. All their plays are made on the grass. But all the actions in the in the infield, and that's with the dirt grass surrounding it. So, okay, let me pepper That you. was the longest-winded answer yeah. I could possibly give you. The bottom line is, I don't think it matters whether it's this new state-of-the-art grass or or natural grass. The argument is why not at the highest level have natural grass? I don't think it's a safety issue. I don't think it's a safety issue. Let me pepper you with a couple things. So I've always heard this about the old AstroTurf, the one that's a carpet. Right. Um, Tell me why it beat up your knees and why it took such a toll on you. Well, you don't know it's beating up in your knees when you're young because you're young and you get out of bed and you could do back handsprings um because it's you find out what's actually there and it's concrete then a little layer and then this turf is laid over it right so, it's about it's about a couple inches thick right and you feel that way i mean some of the some of the turfs were better than other turfs. some uh some organizations kept their turf up better uh cincinnati did a pretty good job but then you go the other side of the coin was you go to Montreal and it's like, you know, I'm playing in Montreal in 1998. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't changed that turf since 1980 and you can feel it. I, I mean, you talk about it being that thick in between. Well, it felt like I was really playing on concrete, playing on concrete. with a little layer. Uh, and it was hard in that wear and tear, that pounding on your joints over time. You, you know, I think of guys like Andre Dawson. Right. who played on that turf for so long and how how bad his knees got beat up. He attributes that a lot to to grow, to playing the majority of his career on that on that AstroTurf. Uh the flip side was, you know, what I said in the opening is I loved playing on it. I mean, it was fun. It's a different game. It's just it's a step in the dive. Everything's coming at you harder, faster. Uh but I actually enjoyed it, you know, not notwithstanding that long term, it's going to break you down a little bit quicker. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Wow, that, that was a long answer. I, I you're Brett Boone. Obviously, you don't want to talk about your fantasy football team because you're stalling on me here. That's right. All right. I know the tactics. So playing on it, fielding it, you liked the AstroTurf better because it was quicker. 
Sure. I don't, I don't necessarily say I like it better. It was fun. It was a it different was fun. game. Okay. It was a different game. The new game. turf that we have now, you see the little pebbles pop up when the when the baseball hits it, or you see uh, when someone is running, you see the little puffs of, of a cloud that pops up, or when somebody is getting up and they're covered with, with little pebbles and such. Um, my big thing is, number one, Tell me about when your cleat gets stuck in the turf, artificial turf versus natural grass. Well, now, what turf are we talking about? The we're talking turf? about we're talking about field turf. The new we're, turf. The new turf. No, no different. Doesn't get stuck. It acts. It's it's designed to act like natural grass, so it has give. Okay. The astroturf, the old astroturf, had seams, and if you caught a seam in your spike, you can blow your you snap your knee in half. Right. But this new this new grass is designed. It's state of the art. It it has give like grass. Okay. So you the injuries aren't there. That's why I don't buy the injury thing. When you talk about the pebbles, Rich, that's more of a football thing, because baseball when you're running in the base pass, you're right. running on no. actual dirt. Right. No. No. I'm just so talking that turf about on doesn't TV. Come into play. On TV, when you see the ball hit and it skips through the the infield, right? I, you can see a little puff. You see a little puff of that stuff coming up. Right. It, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the dynamics, the ins no, and no, outs no. of it's how just, it's it, built. It's the fill. It's the fill that keeps you right. Uh, right. That, that keeps it feeling more like you're playing on top of grass that's sitting on dirt. Right. From an okay. aesthetic standpoint, from a fan's view, maybe they want they don't want to see that. No, I don't think. But as a cares. player's view, player's view. Let, let, let me not take all the players view because I haven't interviewed the current players and what they think. Right. From a guy that's played on all three surfaces, the new state-of-the-art grass meant to play like natural grass, I've got no problem with. I don't see a safety issue. I don't see anything. It plays as true as natural grass, well manicured. So, all in all, I love all three. The only thing is, if you don't quite, if you're not meticulous with natural grass and you're not perfect, let's say the, the grounds crew went out and partied the night before. Well, it's not going to be consistent. If the grounds crew parties the night before, that new fake stuff is going to be the same as it was the day before. Okay. Tell me about the relationship between a baseball player and the grounds crew. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business gold card. Uh Probably the outfielders don't really have a relationship. Infielders definitely do. Uh, in Seattle, I had a gentleman that would come out to me uh, every day during batting practice. Booney, how's the surface? And and Seattle was tremendous. It was as consistent as could be. He did the same. Whatever his regimen was, uh, it worked. And I was I never had a problem um, with it. You know, if I ever felt that if it was getting a little too damp to slow that ball down or, or, or not make it, I, I would say, Hey, a little less water or a little more water, uh, depending on the thing. But I'll tell you, he, he was great in Seattle and it's tough to really complain. I, I look at the older stadiums, okay. like a Fenway, like a, like a Wrigley field and Wrigley has since uh, rectified the problem, but Wrigley back in the day in the nineties, 
uh, was very uneven. It, the surface, there were lips all over the place. Uh, and, and what I mean lip is where the grass meets the dirt on the infield. Right. If I'd play a little bit, a step or two beyond the infield dirt, I had to be careful when that when I was catching that ball to get in front of that because there was a lip. Um, but other than those old fields, and 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 I've heard since they've been rectified and they're perfect now. I think they they resurfaced the entire Wrigley Field and they leveled it out, and now it's you know it, it's up to snuff with the rest of the major league ballparks. But back in the day, back in the '90s, yeah, you might have some ballparks where they're not quite well as well manicured. I really see it now, Rich, at the minor league level. Because when we were coming up, the minor leagues, you're playing in low A ball. Right. It It's funny because, you know, you'll see, you look at the stats back uh, back in the 90s and the 80s, and, and it's like you'll see the errors. And it's like, well, first thing a scout would say, well, you should see the ballpark he plays in. Yeah. Now I go to an A ball park. And they're like the big leagues they're when like I cathedrals. first came to the big leagues. Yeah. yeah. So uh, definitely um, the surface is getting getting better uh, okay. with time. Other thing is, and you talked about this. You talked to Matthew. I did a little research as well. It's not always the natural grass is perfect. Uh, Super Bowl last year, uh, brand new turf at uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale. First, uh, first quarter, people were complaining they couldn't run and they couldn't cut because the turf was so bad. And, and you have places like Green Bay, uh, Lambeau Field, which is a hybrid of it has some natural turf and some of the uh, the artificial turf built together. They also have coils underneath to keep the ground from freezing. They have antifreeze coils underneath, probably the best turf that you have in any professional sport in North America. But there's also times New York. When it gets cold in the winter, it's hard to keep that grass going. So there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes into it, whether you have real grass or natural grass in there. Sometimes, um, like you said, for high school, I could do 10 events a week and nothing's going to happen to that field. But you also have uh, inclement weather. You have teams that will have a college play there as well. So it's not just as easy as, well, they're being cheap. They have artificial turf. They should get the grass. There's other things that go into it as well. Well, and, and football is a different animal than baseball. You know, baseball, we're doing all our running on the base pass, and the base pass and baseball are Well, dirt. you are. The outfielders aren't. Right. But I'm talking about the offensive player. Okay. It's in the NFL. These are big, strong, fast men. And what is their job? Right. To evade the tackler. So you're going to be cutting and jiving on grass. It's just a completely, it, it's not comparable, the game of baseball to the game of football when it comes to a surface and as far as getting a grip. That's why you'll see it more, and, and you're right, the inclement weather, uh, you'll see in the NFL, oh, they're going to the long spikes today right? because of the weather. Well, that's an NFL thing. You know, baseball, we wear metal spikes. I'm never going to the long spikes in baseball. It's consistent. The right. weather, okay. if the weather gets too bad, we have a rain out. We don't play the game. It's it football and baseball, it's just apples and oranges. It's just it's apples really and oranges. All right, but but this is not apples and oranges when you have a devastating injury right off the get-go. So Rogers goes down and it's so New York Jet. It's so New York Jet. First first series, he has four plays. He's done for the year. What happens inside a clubhouse locker room for a team when you have 
one of your big stars goes down so quickly, so early, and it's devastating for him because he's done for the year. He's not going to be on the team for the year. So there's that awkward moment where he's no longer part of the roster and you have to pick up and move on with a without a guy that was going to be one of the big cogs in your machine. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything in in in, in other sports comparable to uh, an MVP caliber quarterback. What if, what if your horse, what if your number one starter went down? Well, look at the Texas Rangers and Jacob deGrom. When healthy, arguably the best pitcher in baseball goes down. They keep going because that's one pitcher. But what's a, no, no, he doesn't pitch every about, day. What I'm asking about is what's it like inside the clubhouse when you um, get that horrible news that one of your big dogs is out? Oh, definitely not good, but you got to be a pro and move on. I mean, this is a part of the game. This is a part of life. It happens on a yearly basis to somebody. Somebody loses a, a key player on their team every year, and there's two ways you go about it. Sit there and you lick your wounds and woe is me, or, hey, we got to move on despite this. This is what, you know, and it's a rallying cry. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. Jets, from what I'm hearing from from the football types, yourself included, Jets are pretty good this year. Jets are very and that's good why this year. there was so much excitement in New York. Is like Jets defense is good. It's a good team. And by the way, we got Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest to ever do it. Opening day. It's got to be from a fan's perspective. It's which I'm not. It's got to be devastating. You're playing fantasy football. It's We're going to be devastating. One this year. Rich, I always answered this way. Are you a, are you a fan? I, I'm really not a fan of anything. I'm a fan of sport. You're I'm an athlete. You're not a fan. I appreciate yeah. great play. Okay, what about for that guy who's injured? Oh, they can't the help the team. It is I mean, the just because you because you because you're no longer part of the team. I was pretty fortunate in my career uh, to stay pretty much injury free. I went on the IL DL back in the day twice. Uh, one, I had elbow surgery, and one was nineteen or two thousand. I was with the San Diego Padres, and I had a knee issue, and I missed the last seven weeks. I've heard it from other players that have that have spent long stints on the injured list for various reasons. And and as a player, until you go through it, you really don't know what it's like. And I've heard accounts of other players saying, Oh, you feel like you're invisible, you're not there, you're you're a loser, you're this and you're that. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're just hurt. It, it, no big deal. When I got hurt the first time. And I had I had elbow surgery uh, right before opening day, and I believe it was 1996. And I remember coming back, rehabbing, but I felt like I was in the way. Whereas before the surgery, I was a main part of that team, that Cincinnati Reds team in that locker room. I was in the middle of the mix. When I was hurt and I couldn't be on the field, I felt like I was an outsider. I really did. And I think I had been told stories like this by teammates and colleagues, and I didn't believe them. Like, come on. It's not that big of a deal. I'm telling you, when you get hurt, it's an eye opener. It's weird. It's like I felt like I was in people's way because it's like, you know, I, I would be in the training room getting getting uh, getting treatments and feel like, well, wait a minute. These my teammates, they have to play today. I'm just this guy in the way taking up a training table. Uh, it's a really bizarre feeling, and it's not a good feeling. 
It's not a good feeling. And that's and that's on the baseball side. You know, that's a that's a little bit different. Aaron Rodgers will be uh, they've got so many staff members. He'll probably have his own thing where he's going to rehab this. Uh, so he's not kind of in the mix of his players. But baseball, when you when you play every day and it's 162 games and let's say you have a 10 or 12 day homestand and, and you're still a month away from coming back, you really do feel like you're in the way. I remember those those like I said, I was lucky. It didn't happen to me much, but I remember when I was hurt, I'd make sure I got to the ballpark really early, got into the training room, did all my work before the guys that were actually able to be in the lineup tonight got there. And I felt like I was just, okay, let me, can I help you with anything? Can I get you, can I get you a Coke? You know, I felt like that guy and it's, it's really a bad feeling. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, you're a fish out of water. It's almost like you don't know how to behave. Wow. And I've seen that before. And it's yeah. kind of that far away stare that you have and you're scurrying about, you know, uh, listen, I, I've seen Brett Boone walk in the tunnel and he's got all kinds of swagger and he's pulling his bag and, you know, he looks like he owns the joint as he walks in. And then I've seen players walk in to the stadium on crutches or with their arms in a sling. Right, and, and they're st- and they're star players, and they're star players, and, and it's like their whole. You take away their personality, like you can't it's, play. It's you took Superman's cape. Yeah, you did, and and you it it, you know, not saying, <laughs> not saying we're all Superman, but yeah, I, I think that reference is accurate. It's like this is my ability. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the table, and all of a sudden, you chop my legs off, and now I can't do it. You know, and I. I, I don't want to cheapen that in real life, but that's how you feel kind of as an athlete when you can't perform. You, I think you summed it up perfect. You lost your superpower. And you see them, and they walk in, and they're they're standing next to the wall. They're hugging the wall. It's humbling. Not, it's, yeah. it's like now I got to walk around life and be like a non-athlete like Rich Herrera. Exactly. 100%. <laughs>